Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. This very special bonus episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore is brought to you by our generous listener supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you appreciate what we do and would like to join them, go to dollamore.com slash PayPal or dollamore.com slash Patreon. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the show and thank you everyone for joining us to this very special this one actually is very special <laughs> all Epi- the other ones haven't been bonus episode of i doubt it with dollamore i am your host as always jesse dollamore and sitting across from me the lovely the talented the britneyest of the britneys i britney page i don't know about that but um i You're breaking the cardinal rule first of i all. know i i'm sorry again it's really early right now and so i this is our 60th bonus episode yeah we've done almost 400 numbered episodes uh-huh and you haven't learned you don't open your pie hole <laughs> until your name is said wow i'm being treated very badly right now it's 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 a wonder you've stuck around i hope that someone saves me <laughs> Do you need a safe space? Is this an unsafe I, place? Yes, it is. <laughs> well, today we have a very special guest, mm-hmm. as indicated by the title of the episode and yes. the bonus yes. on the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Ian Brinksman, how are you, sir? I'm doing extremely well. How are you? You're a very good rule follower. We like that. <laughs> that look, I heard you mansplain to Brittany, <laughs> and so I, you know. Very good. Well, for for the audience's edification, mm-hmm. or for the edification of the audience, l- let me explain who Ian is. Ian is connected to lo- the lovely Brittany Page and I. Yes. But only digitally. Yes. We have never met, but I followed Ian on Twitter, I think, maybe in like 2012, Possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time ago. Yeah, because he tweeted something funny, which he does a lot. And I recommend that everyone listening go follow him on Twitter at Team Ian. Team, that is a bold Twitter handle. Team Ian. You, you were all too kind. And one of the sort of like, I was an early adopter to Twitter, so I thought that'd be a funny thing. But like every so often, there's like a big brother in like, Holland or Australia with someone named Ian on it. I'll get like lots of foreign tweets at me saying like how much they support me or how much they want me to like burn in hell. So <laughs> wow. this was a, it was a problematic rename. 
Well, I, th- I think it was a, a good choice because now we're promoting it and everyone go follow because you're hilarious on Twitter. You oh. start shit with people, which is amazing. You troll people, which is funny because I wish I could do that. Um, and I, I can't and don't. But I live vicariously through you doing it. Um, so, yeah. Well, we even took a trip out to D.C. Yeah. after your undergrad graduation. Right. And... Ian like gave me Ian some tips. Was kind of being, I thought, kind of a smug prick oh. about where we were staying because I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. I, who the fuck is this guy? Like, shit, we're staying in Crystal City, and he's like, "Well, that's not." Nah. You, you were kind of being a little dick about it. I wanted my city. My, look, my city gets shit on quite a bit, so I wanted <laughs> you guys to have like a good experience, and you know, and I, I get it. Th- I, I get it. I used to live there. That's the information you didn't know. Oh yeah, no, I worked on Capitol Hill for the Senate for years, and I lived off Seminary Road. We're getting really in the fucking weeds now, but oh, yeah. I lived in Alexandria off Seminary Road. So I, oh, yeah. sir, am an, a, a DC a connoisseur, if you will. No, you're in the real shit. I <laughs> I, I take it all back <laughs> retrospectively. My my sincere apologies. So that's how we know Ian is from Twitter. Yeah, and then it just so happens, just by happenstance, and just a fucking sheer coincidence that mm-hmm. Brittany there's some spiritual thing that you get drawn to smart people mm-hmm. because Ian mm-hmm. now you're you're at Georgetown in a graduate program studying international security with an emphasis on terror and counterterrorism it, did I say all that correctly you said that much more eloquently than I could have thank you <laughs> and and so that is why that's what's kept me around the jokes are great but for me it's really the intellectualism of your content that has 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 stayed the relationship in well that is entirely entirely too uh kind of you i mean most i don't want like your listeners to get like a bad idea that i say like very heady things like mo like britney kind of hit it on the head like i basically you know Anyone who's like who complains sort of ad nauseum about like the feminization of like culture, I just will like tweet at them and be like, hey, man, have you ever smashed? <laughs> <laughs> like that's the content that people can expect. So thank oh, you. yeah, that's good. Well, that, oh <laughs> my God. That, that leads me. That leads me. Goddamn. Fantastic. Unexpected. At Team Ian, everybody. Uh, at Team Ian. So uh, that leads me. Um, into and I like that you can take a little ribbing because he, he, oh, yeah. here it comes. The other day you tweeted this tweet. I don't have it in front of me. The audience knows I don't work with notes, but uh, oh yeah, because I'm super cool like that. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. so, well, I also don't. I'm not a, a preparer. Yeah, whatever. I try to act like it's because I'm just super cool, but it's really because I'm fucking lazy. It's also because I'm the one that prepares. So wow, we were gonna go there now. Yeah. So it's, it's a team effort. I, I love it. So, so uh, you tweeted something about Russell Brand having a conversation with 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 Sam Harris, and there was a clip mm-hmm. of it, which we're going to play so the audience can know what we're talking about. And you indicated, and correct me if I'm wrong on my interpretation of this, but you sure. indicated that that Sam Harris just got fucking dunked on. He just got just smashed by the mighty intellect and logic of goddamn Russell Brand. Am I, I, I am I articulating that correctly? <laughs> you know, I think I was a little more nuanced than that, but yeah, I would say I would say generally, I, I think that Russell Brand came away with that. Um, 
not only not only did I agree with him on more of like a humanity type thing, but actually on uh, national security terms, I think he was actually more dead on. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's it's perfect because it's funny because you know it's dumbass Russell Brand, but oh, yeah. it also is going to really encapsulate kind of where you are politically. And you know, I'm I'm new to liberalism. I still kind of cringe calling myself a liberal because I'm. I, you know, a two-time George W. Bush voter, a two-time non-Obama voter, um, and it's I'm. It's been fun. It's been fun watching your evolution on Twitter. <laughs> I, I have enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad you stuck around through the early days when I still thought that libertarianism was a viable uh, mm. uh, <laughs> political construct. <laughs> so, so we're going to play the clip so the audience can have a reference, and then we're going to talk about that, and then that'll springboard us right into your studies now. Sure. Women who are who have almost the worst possible life on planet Earth. I mean, we're talking about maternal mortality rates that are off the charts. You're talking about uh, illiteracy that is that you have to go back 200 years in the West to find that level of illiteracy. I think this is the kind of reasoning that's used to justify the bombing and commercial colonization of those territories. They're not like us. They treat women different from us. I don't think we're in a position to make those judgments. Okay, so then then tell me how you would react to this. I have two two daughters, and if I were thinking the way you were thinking about this issue— what if I thought it would be a great idea to have a cultural exchange program where I just sent my daughters over to Afghanistan to live with a Taliban family? So rather than go to summer school here and get prepared to go to an Ivy League college Sir, or whatever it is, I send, them to li- I send them to live with the Taliban. You don't need to explain all this to me. I okay. see where you're going. Okay, so, like, so, I'm well, not nine so, years old. No, but, but, no, but, Sam, darling, but tell, listen, but, my no, point you is answer all answer of your it. thought experiments, well, I'm from huh? a Western culture. I've been indoctrinated differently. So you're saying there's no no right or wrong here, really? I don't really. think that there's the, – I'm not in a position I think it's very different, me saying I've been born in the West, I've grown up in the West, my daughter's born in the West, now impose upon her a t- totally different set of uh, values. I wouldn't want her to go to the Deep South either. You, you know, like, you, oh, there's all sorts you don't of things. Think, you don't I wouldn't think want her to unlucky. go to places in Britain. You don't think it's unlucky to be born a girl in Afghanistan uh, five years ago? I think that these kind of uh, sort of theoretical tableaus are used to create a false hierarchy and a moral superiority by a dominant culture that subsequently uses thinking of this of this nature to underwrite the modern day colonization okay. and subjugation of these people on a massive scale. Right, so and me, as barbaric well, and disgusting okay. as 9-11 was, a daily 9-11 since then, so that a, a state system can perpetuate itself using rationalism, using comfortable means of executions that glide slyly by all white in the sky, is no better or the 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 nine eleven well, that it was a repost too. It, it is it is better. So we can talk. So you're invoking uh, uh, many things here, which we should treat systematically. Things like collateral damage. So you you drop a bomb. I don't even like that language. It, collateral I, I, damage. It's not flowery enough. The language. He, mm. he needs more rhyming schemes. He mm-hmm. likes iambic pentameter in his debates. Uh, collateral damage is too easily said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, he, he's a cockney. They have rhyming slang. It's cultural. <laughs> so does Jesse Jackson. It doesn't make it right. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the, the main issue that I take with this, <clears throat> as I clear my throat like a professional, is the part about well, the part he didn't answer, which was was the question, do you think that uh, 
it is a, a lucky happenstance for a, a girl to be born in Afghanistan five years ago mm. because of the treatment of women in Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I think that the treatment of women in, in most religions, Mormonism, you know, uh, Judaism, the, the, most of the religions treat their women shittily. And sure. But there are degrees of being treated shitty. Not being able to be a priest in the Catholic Church is uh, an order of magnitude far, far better than, than being forced into subjugation like in many uh, Islamic countries. Not being able to drive, having to be covered, all those kinds of things. Having a guardian sure. where you have permission to even leave the fucking house. I mean, so, so that's the main thing I take issue with him. I understand some of the, 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 the political ramifications of decisions we've made from an international relations construct that we don't do ourselves any favor, but that's how they perceive us. That's not how they treat their women. And Mm -hmm. making excuses, let me just, I'll boil it down to this. I don't necessarily subscribe to the, oh, don't judge, can't judge, it's another culture, it's another religion. We're getting to the point, slowly, but we're getting to the point when we know Something's bad. That's not right. You shouldn't treat other human, independent human beings like that. And uh, that's where I, I part ways with, well, there's a lot of places I part ways with Russell Brand, but that's where I don't, I don't agree with you. What, what did you see that was so profound in this clip? Sure. You know, maybe it'd be a little instructive for just to take a quick step back about me. And it probably, I, I was trying to think actually how I started following Brittany and all that. And... To give you an idea, so probably back around 2012, I was very much, I guess, I don't know if you like this term or use it or not, but I was very much like in the sort of new atheist sort of, like I identified as a new atheist essentially, or, you know, someone like, you know, Hitchens sort of like helped wake me up. Yeah, and sure. I, and I liked Harris and Dawkins and all those guys and things like that. I am something, you know, after several years and studying stuff more, I've sort of gone away from that, and I'm sort of a, a, a Harris apostate, if you'll excuse the term. No, <laughs> so, I, I'm not. Listen, I don't want you to think I'm some Harris fanboy. I think Sam Harris is teetering on the edge of oblivion right now of being a respectable character. I think he still sure. is in the respectable camp, but he, he's towing the line by you know providing cover for ding dongs like Jordan Peterson and shit. Oh, you know? oh yeah, our special boy. Um, but so here, so, so you're coming out of it, you're coming out of, of new atheism. I'm coming out of new atheism. I would sort of say that I'm, you know, I'm now in this sort of agnostic kind of squishy kind of political lefty, whatever with, but like, again, I, 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 I kind of am very happy to have come to Hitchens when I did, because even though now I don't really agree with much, a lot of what he, I used to agree with him, like he opened my brain and, and sort of got me interested in these things, and these big topics that we're talking about now. So this is a very long-winded way to sort of get to your question, get your point. Um, I don't think Harris is wrong at all that being born uh, a girl in Afghanistan is not necessarily a good, a good thing. But my issue with it is, is saying that, you know, the reason it's bad is Islam, right? And, and that kind of ignores a lot of, and, and like, I appreciate that you talked about blowback, but I, I think it's actually a little more pernicious than just blowback. Like, 
why is Afghanistan the way it is, right? Why is this the form of Islam there so uh, repressive? Why is it so, uh, why is the Taliban as it is? And then you have to like actually start going back a bit, like, okay, you know, during the, during the Soviet-Afghan war, what did the United States do? They worked with Saudi Arabia. They have the CIA help, the CIA with Saudi plotted to take Wahhabism, the worst elements of Saudi Arabia, and export it to Afghanistan. Like that, that's not, it which, wasn't which, an, which for the audience's um, information is how um, Osama bin Laden ended up in Afghanistan, you know, as a Mujahideen fighter. Oh, yeah. Was oh, because yeah. of the exportation of 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 Wahhabism, which is a vile, pernicious strain. It's the most radical strain of Islam. Yeah, uh, the guy who actually did it, I think his name is Prince Turkey bin Faisal. I think there's a couple of Prince Turkeys, and if I get that wrong, apologies. Uh, my 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 Steam program had him, and he came to talk to our class, and you know, he's like, no, when when I sent Bin Laden there, it was uh, it was because. He was for humanitarian reasons. He was going to do supplies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. 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 So I like, I think that's important. I think that's something that gets glossed over a lot. Like we, we th there's this tendency to like focus so much on the religion and so much on this otherism. It's like, well, no, we, not only do we have, we're, we're directly responsible for, for, uh, bringing that there, as you said, and, and sort of that little girl's shitty life, we're, we have a lot to do with that. To say nothing about even you know, that little girl, for all we know, it sucks. Like, I, I totally agree. I don't, there's nothing I like about, like, being, uh, being told to be covered or not getting education and stuff. But, like, in addition to, like, that, there's a decent chance that her village could be droned also because of us. So, like, sure. I, well, so that, let, let, let me ask. Let me push back. Let me ask you this. Sure, sure, sure. So, so we've established that it's not great. We've yeah. established that there is an element to it that is because of the religion, whether it be the most vile strain of the religion or the most mundane. It's part of the religion. So, is your is your position that well, yeah, it's bad, but well, we can't talk about it because. Because then it they because it's part of part of part of our, our fault. I don't. You're you're agreeing that yeah, it's shitty, but eh, it's best not to draw attention to it. I, I clear me up here. You mean the religious aspect itself? Yeah. Well, like you're admitting that yes, a girl born five years ago in Afghanistan is a bummer for her. It's not the ideal situation. In fact, it's probably a. Go ahead, Brittany. Well, I just want to say that I I think. I think what's happening is is that uh, liberals don't want to address the religion aspect. They want to focus on the the drone strikes, right? And uh, conservatives want to go rah rah talking about the religion aspect and want to ignore any role that we might play. And so, even if people on both sides can recognize both issues, yeah. it's just about what people want to prioritize. And so, in that conversation, you saw that divide where Russell Brand didn't even want to acknowledge the problems with the religious aspect he wanted to focus on our role where sam harris wanted to not talk about that at all he yeah. wanted to only focus on the religious aspect and so these conversations kind of break down where people just go into their corners and i want to talk about this no i want to talk about this issue when probably everybody can agree on both sides of the issue 
well, if they're intellectually honest enough to do so. Yeah. Because Russell That's what Brand, I was assuming. Russell Brand, <laughs> you know, he 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 kicks the ball to the corner. Oh, I wouldn't even want my girls in the South, you know, in America. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, which yeah. is fine. Fuck, fuck. I don't think that there's there's a lot of places in the South I wouldn't want children growing up that I don't want children growing up. I got a goddamn banjo drop that I play on the show that our Southern listeners think is hilarious because they get it. It is backwards, <laughs> and it's backwards for a reason. They're keeping themselves walled off from modernity <laughs> and and social progress in many ways. So anyway, we'll put a bow on this. Um, I would concede that there are that we we are culpable. Um, maybe even uh, the the culp- we have a preponderance of culpability um, relative to our responsibility of what what hap- was happened over there and some of the results over there. However. Just because we recognize that we are part of the problem, we can't just step away and let it. What do we do? And you know, your expertise. Uh, what's your what? What's your idea? What are we? What are we to do now that we've we've created a, a fucking hornet's nest? Sure. I mean, to your to your to your original point, I sort of agree with you in as much that I don't think it's helpful to pretend that things are great for women in various parts of the world, right? Like, I don't I don't subscribe to to that like that's something that is is on its face true and on its face obvious and like culture plays roles no doubt and and i guess my my big contention is with some of the stuff is ideology ideas get get thrown around quite a bit as, as sort of the like the main reason for this but i would argue that that ignores economics it ignores the politics it ignores the sort of very you know like one of the things that i think like new atheists are right to talk about is like talking about like the material world like the here and now but like i don't think that the reason people are shitty like i don't think the average person in afghanistan can really talk to you a bunch about like various quranic verses or things like that i think like much more likely that there are sort of shitty problem and like we don't have to even keep in afghanistan we can talk like basically anywhere else in the muslim world where we're seeing a great deal of issues with islamism right with jihadism they happen to be in countries that tend to have a really shitty leader in charge that's very repressive and to your point earlier like the, the literacy rate is low that there is a population boom there's things like that and because they're in these countries they that are so bad and there is no political uh, mechanism from which they can actually vent their frustrations or things like that, there is this natural place where there's, there's a vacuum, basically. And in all these countries, because there's no other alternative, what is the organized, what is the organizing principle that exists? It's Islamism. And it, it's a, it's a, and it tends to be a very virulent, like aggressive, awful form. And I just, I like, I'm not one of those people who says religion doesn't have anything to do with it. I think it's certainly, and, and like, there's a reason that like terrorism looks different in different parts of the world. I would just say that if I were to point to like the actual causes, what makes people do these things, it's the here and now. Hmm. Yeah. So in your, what led you to where, to your studies now? What was your undergraduate degree? It was history, actually. Huh. Um, it was history. I tended to concentrate in actually uh, the Middle East and Eastern Europe. So, you know, like really fun places. With, <laughs> you know, just just really peaceful <laughs> histories. Yeah. Right. You know, um, 
so I've always sort of been fascinated by the stuff. I, um, I, I just work normal jobs for the most part. Um, you know, I, 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 I kind of never thought that this is something I could, you know, I could do professionally. And, and again, this is why I, I wanted to bring that up about like, about my sort of like awakening with that. Like I, I can very much like thank the new atheist for like, that's what started to get me very interested in religion and, and, and politics and where those things meet. And so, uh, you know, I, I switched some jobs where I'd work sort of kind of outside the Intel community with some startups. And I don't know, a couple of years back, I was like, you know, I really want to make the plunge. And and sort of this is the stuff I like talking about. As you guys know, this is stuff I like arguing about. So I wanted to actually get some skin in the game with this stuff. So I'm sort of putting my money where my mouth is and, you know, going into just preposterous debt. So. <laughs> well, at least you're going to a good school with a beautiful campus. It's a, yes, yes, yes. It's <laughs> that should be worth if, all the debt. You know, if we're going into poverty, it might as well be like a pretty poverty. I, <laughs> I I don't want to get too off topic going into um, your education, how you got there, but I think it's interesting how you said you were thinking about how you ended up following me because at that time I was probably posting a lot of atheist heavy things and um i've kind of moved away from that too which is interesting um i mean i still identify as an atheist but i i used to be very much rah-rah uh hitchens harris just totally in it and the atheist movement has turned into something very strange it's calcified into something uh, i don't want to say dangerous but Certainly shitty. Yeah. And I, I, for my thesis, for my master's degree, I looked at um, morality and atheism. And um, I, I published an article in Skeptic Magazine about the different types of. I read of, that. Oh, yeah. there you go. Very good. Um, yeah. uh, about the different types of atheists. And I got a lot of hate from the atheist community. I was like called a closeted theist and. <laughs> Um, so great! Holy shit. <laughs> like it was, it God, was that rules. <laughs> well, within, within hours of the of the article having gone live, there were there was a response video made on YouTube, like a rebuttal takedown video. Yeah, of my article, and oh. all it was was literally data on how atheists describe their atheism, and it, it ended up that there were like these distinct categories and ways that they describe their atheism, and some are more certain of their atheism, and some are less certain of it, and it was just you know, uh, a data analysis and people were very unhappy with this atheists. So I, I think it's, it's interesting. And I wonder how many people are in our situation where they used to be in that community and then they kind of just fell out of it because of the direction that it started to go. I think it's interesting. I think we have to like remember the context in which like they, these kind of happen, right? This was like 2004, 2005, and like it's hard to put ourselves back there, but like the evangelical right had the monopoly of power in this country, yeah. and like Bush won re-election because, in no small part, because like gay marriage was a wedge issue. There was talk about changing the constitution. Like that was that was the that was the environment that came. And I think the the new atheists were a very necessary sort of response to that, and yeah. and, and and helped. 
But I think to your point, Brittany, as we're seeing now this sort of nastiness, this calcification, Jesse, which you said very well, like, you know, Bill Maher, Bill Maher is probably the, the, the good sort of, you turn on his show and it's like, where are the real liberals? Like, we're, we're atheists, we're like, we really care about human rights, so that's why, you know, we have to like do whatever, that's why, like, you know, it's really okay that like, Israel is, you know, having this like 40 year old uh, occupation because like, you know, they're the they're the liberals like they treat women well, they have a good gay rights thing. So it's 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 taking what I think is generally a good policy position and then and then just sort of like taking it to this insane conclusion, which justifies a lot of really problematic and frankly reactionary policies. Did you uh, did you grow up religious? Did you grow up in a because I I I found found atheism. I, I fucking you know you found it. Yeah, people always <laughs> act like I converted to atheism. They they spell atheism with a capital A. Fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> that for the audience, don't capitalize atheism. It, it is not its own thing. Um, but I, I came out of um, a pretty radical conservative fundamentalist you know church speaking in tongues and all the crazy dancing around and acting like Holy idiots shit. oh yeah 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 so that's my background so it was almost like a natural you know in 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 a revelation it talks about you know not to be uh, to be hot or cold don't be lukewarm because god will spew you out of his mouth he'll puke you out of his mouth because he wants you to be hotter on fire for jesus and i uh, so it was kind of a natural, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all the way. And I went crazy with it. Plus, I think there was some bitterness sprinkled in there because of feeling like I was cheated by being told a lie for my entire, you know, childhood all the way up until, you know, I could start thinking for myself. And but what what's your path to that new atheism? Yeah. Um, and just let me emphasize again, like right now, I, I, I consider myself an agnostic. Like I like I and, and and this is sort of why, like I my family was not especially religious, but I grew up in the Serbian Orthodox Church, which in Eastern Orthodoxy of the sort of the three main like, you know, big church religions. It's definitely the most conservative and the most reactionary. I mean, part of the reason that, you know, they view Catholicism as being sort of liberal, wishy-washy, you know, like way too new age. Right. Um, the, the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like so my earliest memories of going to church, if you recall, like in the 90s, like that's when Serbia was yeah. involved in Kosovo. In several wars. Kosovo. Yeah. And we would get there and, you know, you enter the church and next to where you would light candles, you could buy bumper stickers that said Kosovo equals Vietnam and like. Uh, you know, this is our land and we will, we will fight for it to the death. And like the priest would talk about basically, he would describe the Kosovars as Turks and how they're sort of, you know, doing what they always do and, and invading Christendom and, uh, and like basically spreading, like if they, we don't stop them here, like, the, and this is, again, this is before 9-11 and this is before what we're seeing in, in Europe now. And it was a very reactionary, very right-wing, very militant form of Christianity and very hostile to Islam. And so, and, and very hostile to women, frankly. Like, women were not allowed up behind the altar right. because they were unclean. Like, this, so this is what I grew up, I grew up with a, a militantism, a, like an actual, like, very much tied to 
political stuff. And, and that, I think, affected me very deeply. It's part of why I'm into this stuff now. So I got to thank it for that. But um, yeah, when I yeah. said what what drew you to new atheism, that was uh, uh, understanding what you'd said previously, that you're not there anymore. Um, mm. But it is interesting that you you did come out of kind of a religious household, maybe not actively like all the time in mass or whatever, um, but enough to to want to rebel or push back from it. Yeah, and I saw how religion and politics intertwined in a very real, very violent way. And yeah, I, I recognized that power, and I was, and I wanted to 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 not to not participate in that. Yeah. Okay, so going back to international security, <laughs> Brittany's going to keep us on track. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I I feel like given some of your posts that <laughs> you're the mm. you're the odd man out politically in in mm. this field, and mm. yes. so I'm I'm wondering what it's like to be the odd man well, out in that first, field. Let's explain why he's odd man out. Where, where kind of are you on a spectrum? Um, Politically, on a, on a Likert scale of politics, <laughs> mm. you know, a one being um, uh, Kissinger, mm-hmm. <laughs> and a ten, yeah. ten My being Car- yeah. ten being Karl Marx. Uh, wh- where are you? You are like a nine point uh, eight? <laughs> yeah, nine point eight. Something like that. No, I would say I, you know, I, I would say, you know, Bernie's a pretty good rough estimate of where I am, sort of generally. Um, uh, Politically, I Bernie's not really that concerned about foreign policy, so I sort of feel kind of odd man out there. Um, that's actually sort of one of the one of the sort of that's actually one of the kind of problems with leftism generally is like there there it's not that it's ambivalent towards foreign policy, but it's sort of just complete non-interventionism, which is fine, but like there's not a lot of thought put into it. I think, and that's yeah, something yeah. that needs. But yeah, you are, but, but you are more liberal than far more liberal than your your peers. Would you would you say that? Very much so. I mean, like it. My, I to your, you were joking about it. But it's not wrong. Like Kissinger is is sort of a very. I I would say that the average person of my peers like views him very fondly. Which you know. Wow. Let's just say I I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. So so uh, how, in any way, if at all, has your education kind of shifted you to the right at all oh that's a good question um i don't know if it shifted me to the right but i will say that um i do think some like i i do think that like some sort of right uh, you know realist like views of security are accurate right like i'm not a realist by any stretch but like the security dilemma like i.e like you're scared of your neighbor, so you're taking like defensive posturing, and then that neighbor misinterprets that and assumes you're being offensive, and then they take up defensive posturing, and basically you cause this thing where both people just trying to be defensive then like get very aggressive and hostile. Like that's a real thing, and that's something like that I can't pretend doesn't exist. And and also too like, and this is where I will get in trouble. Like Snowden did some bad shit in my opinion, right? Like. I agree. Gl- I agree. Like I had he just stopped with the FISA stuff, had he just stopped with like the domestic spying, I would have had a completely different opinion on him. But the fact that he stole millions of documents 
to, and I don't have a security clearance yet, hopefully at some point, but like talking to people who do, they've sort of implied to me, like, wait till you see what he actually did. And then you will. Yeah. It's, it's not, I I have, listen, I have the same, the same opinion of Chelsea Manning. Um, and look, I understand that a certain level of uh, of like civil disobedience sometimes has to take place in order to enlighten the American public about some of the wrongs that are being done relative to our civil liberties. I get yeah. that. However, it's a risk that you're taking with civil disobedience comes uh, or you know a a meeting out of punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to. You know, block traffic, do whatever you're going to do, disturb the peace. There's a penalty to be paid, but that penalty is part of making change. So I think ultimately they probably, they bettered the society, you know, looking at it from a 30,000 foot view. But if people were killed, if we have operatives who actually were were put in harm's way because of it, ah, that's, it's a a tough pill for me to swallow. Yeah, and I don't know. I've never, no one's been able to actually show me a direct line where they've done something and someone's been killed as a result, right? Like, I've never seen a one-to-one comparison. And, like, I do, I agree with you that, like, if you think you're doing the right thing, you should probably stand trial. Like, I don't like what happened to Chelsea Manning. Like, I do not think that the solitary confinement was right. for sure not. the, The torture and all that other stuff. But like to to her credit, like she did, she was here and she and she uh, she stood trial. I mean, Snowden yeah. has it. No, no, no. I, there are differences in the cases. I'm just saying. Um, I think there there are problems with both of those occurrences, and I'm. I think I'm maybe fifty one forty nine. I'm fifty one percent okay with it. And forty nine percent, like, uh, fuck, that shouldn't have happened. It's, 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 yeah. it's a mixed bag. Yeah, and like, I'm only recently starting to get into this, but like, I was sort of surprised, like, how like little whistleblower protection there actually is. I kind of thought there was a lot more. I didn't realize that basically, like, say you see, and like, I, I'll give you an example. Like, let's do the Pat Tillman thing, which I, I know you guys are probably familiar with. Like, yeah, sure. You know, I was told that Pat Tillman, like, was this big believer in the war, and he died heroically. And then it turned out, you know, like... Friendly fire. Yeah, friendly fire, right? And that he... And, like, towards the end of his life, he thought that what we were doing was absolute bullshit, right? And that was hidden from us. And because they decided that it was classified and that it was, you know, it was was imperative to national security. Like, someone arbitrarily made that decision. Like... I think that would, I thought that was information that's important, and I didn't think that's a reason that shouldn't go out. And if someone leaked it, I wouldn't think that's something they should be prosecuted for necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. So that's where it gets. But but by the way, the letter of the law is they would absolutely get prosecuted. Well, the problem uh, with that is, especially in the Tillman case, is they were keeping that from the public from a public relations standpoint and a in a public information campaign standpoint, not because it's going to harm our security posture in any particular geographic region. So, but you disagree? Well, no, I mean, I, I I mean, I think that's right. I think your analysis is right, but I think they probably, I think, I mean, I I don't have it in front of me, but I do think there was like a national security thing, right? Like, like, no, this will, this will hurt the war effort. Like we, this has to remain classified. 
well, I understand that's what, what they're going to say. That's the reason they're going to put down on paper. Yeah. But uh, no, I think you're right in the literal sense. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right in the literal sense. I just think, but I mean, that's a problem, right? Like, it's not hard to make things classified. Like, yeah, you know, someone can just not even that high up be like, okay, well, uh, this document's classified. And therefore, if you, no matter how kind of minor it is, and once it gets that classification, you know, you leak it, you get prosecuted. It is the one thing that when you know, I had a security clearance in the Marine Corps, and when I got it, I thought, oh, I'm going to get all the all the secrets. Right, right. <laughs> and and when I when I initially just had a secret clearance, I thought, oh, this is going to be so great, and I would go in, and it's just shit that I could have read in an encyclopedia. It wasn't. It was right, nothing. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, I I'm I'm curious because I this is a field where. I think most Americans don't know a lot about these issues. And so I'm wondering through your education, what have become your biggest pet peeves when you see people try to talk about these issues and they're just completely misguided in what they're saying? They believe things that are false. They're not accurate. Like, are there like a top three things that you see that are most problematic with Americans in this area? I I mean... You know, to get, kind of go full circle, I think terrorism is maybe one of the most misunderstood things, and it's and sort of the 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 reasons we give for for why people do it, for what inspires them, for what radicalizes them, are insanely simplistic. You know, so let let's to give you an example, and and this is not meant to be a trick question whatsoever, but it's something that I've posed to a lot of people, and I've never. It either gets ignored or I've never gotten a satisfactory answer. But, you know, say to people that say, like, the real, like, the big, like, Islam is a problem right now and Islam is creating terrorism, right? It's because of the, because of what's in the text, it's causing people to, you know, there, there could be other things that are causing them, but because of Islam itself, it's inspiring people to kill infidels it's inspiring people to kill themselves it's inspiring people to not worry about the here and now and to instead worry about the hereafter and my question to them always is islam's been around for roughly 1400 years islamic terrorism is around for about 40 years like what happened in this last 40 like were people not reading the quran did you say 30? hang on did you say four or 40 years 40, 40 okay years. okay 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 yeah roughly 40 you know give or take and it depends how you want to define it but like that's that's generally a pretty safe bet like kind of around 79 is when we started seeing right, munich yeah but even munich like you could even argue that they were they were you know marxist not particularly religious um you know what I mean? Like it was Palestinian terrorism for sure, but Palestinian terrorism was originally kind of a Marxist, you know, liberation thing. Yeah, sure. But like, yeah, but that's that's the thing that like, and I've never got a satisfactory answer. If you guys have one, like, I'm not saying that you believe any of the things I'm saying, but like, that's something that like I, I think is instructive to think about. Well, listen, I I think there there, there are components. That's the problem with this is that we, I, you know, I I said this on last episode last night. I said this that you know we we're looking for fast food answers. We live in this fast mm. food microwave culture, and we want uh, quick and easy, you know, value menu. What's the answer? What's what's the choice? And we that's not the fucking world we live in. We live in a complex world that has layers of history of hundreds and hundreds of years. 
um, with both political and religious and socioeconomic. There's all kinds of, of, of fucking uh, variables, especially with terrorism, especially with Islam. Um, I think there is a case to be made that the more economically secure a country is, an area is, you're yep. going to have uh, less of a likelihood. It's not going to be eliminated, but less of a likelihood. Like Indonesia, for instance, is is fantastically wealthy. They're doing great, and it's the most it's the most populous Muslim country on the planet. And there, it's it, they don't have the the terrorism issues that they have in Pakistan, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Syria, um, in Egypt, in Libya, to a lesser degree. So, but there are countries, and I think Saudi Arabia would be one where it's wealthy, but, you know, talk about a a, a division between the haves and the have-nots. Um, I mean, modern-day slavery is a practice yes. Yep. In Saudi Arabia, it is a backwards fucking culture there. So they, but I think design but, too, for right? Sure. Like the, the House of Saud, like intentionally, it was like you know, it's a funny story. Like in like seventy nine, this is where all the shit started. Like not to not to like cut you off. But no, no. Like in seventy nine, the Grand Mosque was uh, was infiltrated by uh, Islamists. And the Saudi Saudi doesn't really have a military. They have sort of like an internal police force, and and it's it's all, it's really like the military is set up a way to like protect the House of Saud, and they suck as a result. And they couldn't actually go back in and take the mosque. It was this grand embarrassment. So they actually brought over French and Pakistani troops. And I don't know if this is apocryphal or it's true, but the story is they actually converted the French troops to Islam. <laughs> Let them go in, came out, unconverted them. And but as a result, it was such a it was such a mind fuck for the House of Saud. They were like, okay, in addition to what we talked about earlier, like sending these awful elements out and exploring it, we're just gonna like have this deal with the Wahhabists, and they're gonna they're gonna be in charge of the education system and they're gonna be in charge of domestic policy and all this stuff. As long as we get to keep our power and like all the other, you know, rich fucks and have their concubines and like, you know, their billion dollar, you know, expense counts and shit like that, like, cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's by design, cynically. And and that's what that is what's so frustrating about some of the stuff from they Well, what I was saying about the the that's a terrible segue like easing back into what i was talking about but you know hey that's what we I mean, look that's what yeah. we do here uh yeah. is is it's more of an authoritarian state where it's it's an anomaly i think that it's there's wealth there and and not a lot now i know it happens every once in a while you have a bombing or something um so i i wouldn't tie it specifically to islam but there is something to be said that we don't see the kind of terrorism, the flavor of terrorism, the mm -hmm. frequency of terrorism anywhere else um, as a result of any other type of religion right now. Right now, not, it's not the case. Right now on the globe, the, the, the global threat of terror is an Islamist problem. Right. And it's, well, that's I not to malign the entire fucking religion. Because sure. these are cult elements within the faith of Islam. Sure. I, I think you're absolutely right about the flavor, right? Like, I think how they execute their terrorism, I think how 
they organize, I think how the attacks are, I think that's all true. But I would push back and say the reason that we're not, the reason it is the preponderance of terrorism, it's also the preponderance of the countries that have been, have had it the worst, right? Like there, there's a reason that like, um, that like they're coming from Egypt, you know, with has which has now had the forty years of American back rule of despots. There's a reason it's coming from Saudi Arabia, the House of Saud, which we have we have artificially kept up. You know, there's a reason ISIS came out of Iraq and Syria. Like th- these are all horrible regimes, mostly propped up by the United States and the West, that have been bombed and de- and been bombed and destroyed for 40 straight years from us, we've caused massive casualties on the ground. We've caused massive immiseration. And, you know, they, they're not dumb. They see that, like, they know who's bombing them. They know who's supporting the shitty governments. They know who is sort of underwriting the, the four-year occupation. Like, So you think, th- you think we're also responsible for, and I, 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 this is coming out as very aggressive challenging, but no, no, no. it's just Go a flat it. question. So you, 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 would you be subscribed to the notion that not only are they bombing us and that they are attacking us, but they're also blowing up schools in Pakistan and killing hundreds of children in one f- fell swoop. They're also attacking Britain, uh, dudes with trucks in, in Paris. So it's, we are the cause, America and our foreign policy is the cause of all of this strife in other Western nations as well. Even even over there, they're, I mean, they're killing themselves. Well, I mean... Other Muslims, I mean. I mean, France and the UK have been just as, uh, just as active in the Middle East as we have, right? So, like... Keep that there. Like, and well, like, I wouldn't say know. just as active. France has like a France has like a, a forty billion dollar budget for their military yearly, where we're sitting at about six hundred ten billion. Sure, yeah, uh, it's, it's, a just, matter, it's a it's a matter of degree, but like, look, but France, you know, was in Libya. France bombed in Syria. France has had troops in North Africa. France is, you know, the memories of Algeria are not exactly that yeah, old. That, like, that's true. That's you true. Know, like 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 there's there's reason for this. No, I'm not saying that like. Every act of terrorism is a direct result to, you know, is a direct kind of blowback to American stuff. What I'm saying is we're we have directly underwritten massive immiseration in one part of the world. And in this in this part of the world where there is no other political uh, there's no other political organization available, you're going to see these groups expand and 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 there and like look and there's all sorts of theories in this and I that I go back and forth on it but like there's theories that say that like these groups will attract psychopaths as well as just normal people right like there are psycho like if you're a psychopath you know like Zahari was like a good example of one like they're just people that like killing people and like blowing shit up and you give them a, you give them a way in which they can behead people or blow up church like school children like they're going to do it irrespective. You just like you just make it easier for them. Now obviously there are individuals who are who believe this stuff lockstep and like are um and 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 are going to be 
are like it, it's it's hard to like disaggregate like what you can disaggregate down and individuals will all have different reasons and different stuff like that and, and things of that nature but i think like our challenge is to aggregate up and see what is the main causes like what is the main motivating principle for most people for most of these issues and i would say like like I would say yes, it's a combination of our foreign policy, of who we support, and the absolute economic degradation that is in these places, plus also a population boom. Like it's 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 a it's a horrible combo, yeah. basically. Well, I think this is a perfect example of what was missing from the Russell Brand versus Sam Harris two minute clip that you played. <laughs> <laughs> two minutes and twenty seconds, Brittany. Where uh, you know Jesse came in and he's like, "Oh, so you're saying that this causes the blah blah blah?" And then Ian's like, "Well, no, I'm saying that there's like a number of factors that come into play, you know." Um, and I think this nuance is often lost in the conversations that you see in like a two minute clip yeah well why the fuck yeah. can't sam harris i don't listen to his show i don't even subscribe to his show and i would recommend no one do that no mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but, but uh why can't he do that he he always gets caught up in the fucking in the in the new in the in the minutia of shit rather than they they drill down because he's such a like obsessive freak show just have the conversation. Well, I think I think it's because people don't like to listen to <laughs> nuanced conversations. Uh, hmm. They like the oh, look at this takedown video and <laughs> uh, short right. little two minute little takedown, and that's what they want to hear. Like simple talking points that they can remember. Um, complication, complication, complicated arguments. That's not useful for people. <laughs> Most people. Well- and, and, and I think uh, you said this during your Jordan Peterson show, which I very much enjoyed. Brittany, very good going off on that one. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> but, and I think Harris, and you, you mentioned this about Peterson. I think it's true about Harris also. Like, he has this sort of rhetorical tick where he doesn't actually, like, he won't actually make kind of broad, defensible positions he'll do like i have this thought experiment and we need to like kind of do these like hypotheticals and think of it this way and think of it that way like i i i do think that's sort of a problem when he has this discussion is generally like he always like allows himself to have these backdoor outs it's like argument by analogy right exactly exactly and i think that's problematic for that type of thing as well yeah well so let's do this since we do live in a fast food culture 10 Mm -hmm. seconds Solve global terrorism. Give us your solution. Go. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Ten seconds. Uh, stop. Stop underwriting Saudi Arabia. Actually, try. Act, stop being a one. Stop supporting one group in the Israeli-Palestine stuff. Stop indiscriminately. Done. Bombing. You're done. Sorry. Sorry. Your time oh, is out. Your time is over. <laughs> You need to talk way faster than that. So I, <laughs> I, I want to I ask you this because this could be helpful for people in the audience that want to follow um, other good intellectual types in this area. I see you trolling people like Bill Crystal, and um, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember who else. But hey, who, let's, give, yeah. let's give him a little bit of room. I think he's coming around. So who do you follow on Twitter or Facebook or whatever? What are, who are some talking heads or columnists that you really like if you're really interested in foreign policy and terrorism stuff there's a guy named Derek Davison who I think is excellent um, I can't remember his Twitter I think it's just DW Davison okay um, 
Derek Davison was D R E K. Yeah, really we'll, good. We'll, we'll find it and put it in the show notes. Okay, I think he's really good. Um, a guy named Adam H Johnson. He's very good. He's sort of he's very good at sort of dissecting uh, from kind of more from like a media angle, like how we um, sort of just like how we accept sort of like truisms about the United States. Like the United States always stumbles into war. It doesn't actually like want to go to war. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think those are two very interesting good follows that will, I think, be a, a nice like counterpoint to some of the more, uh, let's call it common, common sense foreign policy stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to shift gears here because yeah. there is something that you and my, my lovely and talented co-host both share in common that I don't. Mm. <laughs> and I, I kind of want to, I want to deeper dive into it. If you have time. I, I have all day, man. Yeah. Uh, well, don't say that because we're going to continue. On, <laughs> on, online, <laughs> online debating. Yes. You, you and Brittany Page, you seem, I don't want to, I don't want to go crazy here, but you, you seem addicted. You seem like you can't <laughs> stop. And this is, I've organized this entire show just as an intervention for you oh. both. Oh. And I have a team of Thank people, you. experts coming in. We're going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> what is it? What What do you think it is? You're. Is it is it sport for you? And this this is a question for both of you. Now you're on the hot seat, mm-hmm. Brittany. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what what's going on, guys? Ian, you want to take the lead? You want to <laughs> talk about your issues first? <laughs> there is this one time I don't remember what it was. I think I tweeted out. It was like you know, pick one of the times that like the police shot an unarmed black guy, and I, I said something about it on Twitter. And of course, like this like pedantic guy like starts tweeting at me like showing me like these various stats that, uh, like somehow yeah 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 exactly that whole thing i prove it and it was like a friday night and i guess i didn't have anything going on so i was like all right I'll, I'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll do this and then like and like maybe an hour and a half goes by and finally this guy this like troll was like look man i've got kids so i'm gonna need to go <laughs> And it was, like, the perfect troll. Like, he, like, showed me, like, how much, like, sadder I am than him. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, like, I don't, like, get, I don't particularly get enjoyment out of it, really. And, like, I don't know why I do it. I, I, I see something, <laughs> I just get mad. And I've gotten better. I used to, like, do really, like, long posts and, and like, really long, like, take every argument and take it seriously. And, Break it down as best I can. Well, is there is there a, is there a moment that you can recognize when when you switch from like earnest, like trying to really have a discussion about something to just yeah fuck it I'm going to start trolling. Well, is that you where do you are? Some masterful trolling. But I think I think Ian still does try to have conversations sometimes, right? Yeah, it depends on the person, right? Mm-hmm. And it depends on what they say back. But, yeah, but yeah. And, and I'm worse out at Facebook than I am at Twitter. Obviously, Twitter is much better for me, just being like. You know what it is? It's like when someone will be like, when I know that it's time to do it, it's like they'll post some article by someone who's like a lunatic as like their response. And I like, look who wrote it. And I don't know who, just pick whatever, just psychopath that like we see. <laughs> and I like, will point that out. And they're like, uh, excuse me, sir. That is ad hominem. That is a logical fallacy. Uh, <laughs> which point, that's when the trolling men just I like, love start. when morons, they just learn the phrase logical fallacy or ad hominem and if you you say anything about their argument if you attack their argument they think that's ad hominem it's like look look just because like britney will tell people well you're being illogical 
and they will say, that's ad hominem. No, that's a logical thing. Like, fuck you. Also, like, sometimes ad hominems are right. Like, sometimes it's not, we're not in debate school. Like, right, right. sometimes, like, it's important to know that the person who's writing something isn't coming at it from an intellectually honest angle. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's important information in which to have. But yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I, I have had um, several situations where, you know, days after a debate, someone has messaged me and said, I just want to thank you for uh, kind of talking mm-hmm. about this with me because I've actually come around and I think I've changed mm-hmm. my position on this. And yeah. because that, <laughs> yeah, because that's so satisfying that actually sometimes through these discussions, it does go somewhere. I think a lot of people make fun of online debating, like, oh, here we go again. But even the people who aren't involved, there are people who are reading it. Sidelines, yeah. yeah. And you could uh, sway them too. And I've gotten messages from people like that who never like my posts, never comment. Like, I didn't even know they existed. I thought they were like a dead celebrity. And then I get a message from them out of the blue and they say, I follow your stuff. I just want to let you know, I appreciate the things that you say. And uh, yeah, and I'm really impressed that you can do it too as like a woman who's like blonde. Like the amount of fucking shit you get just for like... You know, she still gets it. Brittany still oh, gets yeah, it. I've seen it on Facebook. Yeah. Um, like, like, though, it's kind of nice when they're like, they call you like pretty as they're like, like, like dismissing what you're saying. Like, that's like a nice, like, <laughs> I've gotten that. I've gotten that a few times. It's like, I'll take that. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you handsome fella, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking easy for you with your like pretty face and like, nice girls. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think I do it. I think I don't do it. The online de- debating thing. I almost said online dating thing. I know why I don't do that uh, because I have another outlet. Maybe that's it. Because I, that's if I get true. pissed off at some idiot like Tommy Laren or whomever, Dana Lash, I can just write a script and step in front of the green screen mm-hmm. and, you know, vent that way. There's been many times, usually I just ignore people who are like, well, what do you think about this? There's been many times I want to just like queue up a, a podcast episode and send them a link and say, listen to this. That's what I think. Fuck off. What's crazy though to me about that and you is like, as bad as Twitter and Facebook are, and they are fucking open sewers. Like, YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is so much scarier in the comment section. Yeah. And yeah. like so much more Nazi friendly. And like the fact that like you can deal with that is just overwhelming to me. I'm very impressed. Yeah, I don't uh Brittany asks a lot. In the beginning, I think she was more concerned about my psyche than than now because I it I don't care, man. People, you know, fuck whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. you care about the death threats, though. Well, I care about that. Yeah, but but you want to call me a a, a a fat faggot ginger or whatever? All the, the crazy shit that I've been. It's whatever. It says way more about them than it does about me. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, these aren't people you want to debate with. And like Ian was saying, people who comment on my hair or my face or whatever, um, those are people that are not people I want to have a discussion with because yeah. they're not being honest and genuine and no one cares about that stuff. So if you don't want to talk about the issues, then that's fine. Like we can just not talk about it. <laughs> um, no, yeah. If you ever want to prove that like 
patriarchy exists, just look at the responses to Britney's Facebook posts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Like that's yeah. like a good, uh, <laughs> it's a good reminder. All right. Well, listen, uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap, but I want to ask you one question. Um, okay. This is something we're going to start asking everybody we come in contact with. Oh, my mailman's going to be bummed. Um, what's the last thing, the most recent thing that you changed your mind about? Mm. Because in, in our show, I'll blather on while you think about it. <laughs> in our show, we, we prize moving the conversation forward. We prize the fact, we talk about it all the time, that I'm, I'm ever evolving in what I believe. When I re- take in new information, I'm committed to earnestly process it. And if it makes sense, and I was wrong thinking before, that there's no shame in changing your mind, admitting to that what you thought before was wrong, and and uh, thinking differently, and we wanna we wanna promote that. So, is there anything? Oh, it could boy, even be something innocuous, like you decided that you hate bacon, and um, that's fucking sacrilege. Yeah, that's a ridiculous statement. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, I guys. No, I can tell. I can tell you, like the, the unserious thing is, I like used to take pride in the fact that I hated IPAs. Like I used to have like a bit when like I would just make fun of beer snobs about it. It's like, yeah, dude, I just really like feeling like my face gets punched when I drink. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, I like hate to admit it, but like I'm kind of like like them now, and that's been like a really sad. Uh, <laughs> So, so you, sad thing I've had to deal with. So you think that you decided not to like IPA because I don't like IPAs, but it's be, just because no, my my beer palate my beer palate's not as refined as you you fucking IPA people. No, I I think what it was is like um, I just would try and be like this is really like gross and overwhelming, but then like I did like find a couple that are more like fruity, and I actually did sort of find it refreshing. Like it's 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 very it's very much like uh it's very much like based on uh like theme of what I'm where I am and stuff like that. But but yeah, I I really wish I could stay in the like the anti IPA, but like I, I've got to <laughs> say I, I've I've come around a little bit. It's really depressing. I wow. love that you were hoping to have that as like a personality characteristic <laughs> that would be oh, with yeah. you forever, and <laughs> you're lamenting the loss of this. <laughs> I gotta say, one, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get a real answer, but two, I, I didn't think about it. I like I, I it is it's a tough one to spring on somebody, but it is interesting <laughs> the. The, when next time we're out in DC, we got to get together because yeah, I like that. I like the funny. I like the I love feeling like I'm punched in the face because <laughs> that's seriously it's like you know putting a goodies medicated powder in your fucking mouth and just it's it's uh it's no good. I, that's probably a bad analogy, but no, yeah, and I think for a lot of them that is absolutely true. And yeah, we should totally get together. And you know, there, there's uh, again, I, I do want to say like. Though I'm a terrorism, counterterrorism guy, a lot of this, like, jihadist Islam stuff is not my area of focus. You ever want to talk about violent right-wing extremism, especially the Proud Boys and all that stuff, I oh. will I will have so many funny stories for you because they are the funniest people in the world. Is, <laughs> well, we'll have to have they, you on again because that is – I don't know if you know Britney's history, mm-hmm. um, but Britney – you can probably say it better than me, Britney – well, I was raised in a white supremacist household, and uh, I, I don't know if you know, Ian, but um, 
when and I you're from Idaho, right? Right. My well, I'm actually originally from California. My family moved to Idaho to be closer to Aryan Nations um, yeah. when it was located oh. in Hayden Lake, and so oh, I, I oh, used I used yeah, to go there. That. Yeah, let, I used yeah, to go me... there when I was a child, <laughs> and I have memories of the cross lightings and. Uh, all that. And... I always explain her growing up that it's not like, oh yeah, the uncle. You had an uncle Gary at Thanksgiving who who used the N word. We're talking about like there were framed photos of Adolf Hitler in the house and shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. You mentioned that you came from white supremacist household, but I didn't realize it was that. Wow. Yeah. That's. Uh, yeah. We should totally talk about it. Because yeah. I'm uh, like the Gavin McGinnis. That whole like I we used to watch uh, Red, Red Eye. Eye on Fox News. And it was funny, you know, that's when Greg Getfeld, he was, you know, tolerable. He was like an aggravating, you could deal with him. But They had some good comedians on. From yeah, it was time. funny. Yeah. That's how we learned about yeah. Jesse Joyce and mm-hmm. yeah, it was some funny mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And now, holy shit, they've just gone off the cliff. Yeah. And they're just straight up racist. You can't say, oh, well, we just love Western civilization. Fuck off. We know what you're talking about. Yeah, with just, with just like increasingly just wonderful nods to homoeroticism, which is just, you know, <laughs> you can't see me. I almost spit Italian out my coffee. Yeah. Kissing my fingers right now. Uh, <laughs> it is a weird thing. Like the I whole not jerking off. Time. The whole not, we should do a whole thing about this proud boy thing. Yeah, We've never really weird. talked about oh, it. It's, it's, they're so good, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like you can only jerk off like once a month or something. Well, they let's say? not get into it now. We have to do another episode and right, talk well, about this the proud boys. One. Yeah. Part one. I will lay, I will title this episode. Ian Brinksman part one. Okay. Indicating that there will be a part two. There you go. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Do you agree, I Ian? Would, I would love that. All this right. This has been awesome. Well, is there anything you'd like to plug? You got Twitter at Team Ian, but is there anything else that you'd like to promote or talk about or no, I think that's the best. Like once this grad school thing's done in this in the in the spring, I'm I'll probably reactivate my medium account and actually write more again especially but, uh, now that they just kicked off uh cernovich and mm-hmm. prosobiak or whatever the fuck his name is just, laura, yeah, laura just, loomer just, yeah just regular guys who like to do regular guy stuff <laughs> normal <laughs> all right ian listen we really appreciate you coming on the yeah, show I'm glad we got to actually do this for real good times great talk to you guys Listen, if you appreciate content like this, if you like shows like this with conversations like this, truly living up, hopefully, to to moving the conversation forward, the spirit that we talk about on the show all the time, and you'd like to support us, you'd like to help support the show, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. You can also shop on Amazon and buy some good shit there. dollamore.com slash Amazon. If you have a question for Ian, we're going to bring him back, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. For Brittany Page, Ian Brinksman, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. I just would like to tweet at them and be like, hey, man, have you ever smashed? Like, that's the content that people can expect. Oh, yeah, that's good.
Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.